Democrat or Republican? Does the market care? Historically, how has the market reacted around election season? And does a political party in control even matter? We answer those questions as we head into the 2022 midterm elections. If you haven't yet, please press that follow button. Give the F-Sharp podcast a five-star rating. Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Hey friends, welcome to episode 31 of the Financially Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared towards making you more financially literate. I'm Adam Henning, marketing professional and small business owner, and I'm joined as always with my co-host, certified financial planner, JD, wealth manager and industry expert, Tanner Bortnam. Today is Monday, November 7th, 2022. Tomorrow is, of course, election day. Uh, We, myself, and Tanner, encourage you to exercise your constitutional right to vote tomorrow. This episode won't get into who to vote for, but we are going to cover how the market reacts and how it has historically reacted based on election results and based on who represents us as Americans in the House of Representatives, Senate, and the Presidency. Uh, this year, 2022, is we head into a midterm election. Um, so Tanner, how does the market perform before and after specifically a, a midterm election year? Yeah, yeah, it's uh uh well, it's it's a mixed bag. Um, you know, I I, I really like that we're we're going to chat about this. You know, I've had I usually get questions about this every election cycle uh from clients and you know, I thought it would be good timing obviously here the day before the election results in case you know you are you as our listeners are concerned about um you know, either side, whether you're Republican or Democrat, I'm sure there's anxiety, um, you know, on how these results will turn out. But fear not. Uh, if history shows us anything, it's it's going to all be okay. So, uh, yeah, let's just start, uh, start with uh, what the markets tend to do beforehand. And we are ironically right on cue. Um, so, again, just as Adam kind of mentioned, this is our midterm, so year two of... Uh, President Biden's administration. And in year two of a president uh, four-year term, it is statistically the worst of the four years that presidents will have. And this is regardless of being Democrat or Republican president. Um, And also with um, the months leading up to the midterm uh, being the worst of, you know, year two, so to speak. So, Typically going into an election, and this is looking back, uh, it really doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, I went through um, you know, a bunch of different studies on it. Some went back 25 years, some went back 
70 years. Some went back to 1926, I believe, is the longest one. Um, and it's statistically heading into the elect, uh, the midterm elections. The markets will be down. Uh, not always, but um, a vast majority of times that's the case. And that's you know, obviously what we've seen here in 2022. Now, heading out of the midterms, um, going to go through a few stats here and then we can kind of chat about this. Uh, at the six-month-out mark from the midterm, so let's see, November, that's going to be May of 2023 uh, is when we'll review this. But going back to 1946, 17 out of 19 of the midterm elections, the markets have been positive six months later. If you go back um, only to 1962, if we shorten that up a little bit, all of them have been positive six months out. If we look at a longer time horizon and we say, okay, what about one year after the midterm elections? All years from 1950 to 2018, the market was positive one year out with an average return of 18.6%. And actually, you have to go back to 1939 was the last negative year um, one year out from a midterm, you know, that's great depression. Um, you know, we hadn't entered the war world war two yet, but it's, you know, started the, yeah. a world war two going on there. And then you're looking even further out, finishing out the president's two years, um, after the midterm again, positive. Um, the average is 30 that the market's up 33.7%, you know, cumulative. So, uh, you know, a little over 16% per year. Um, that the markets are positive. So good news is typically, you know, we're, and, and again, I'm not going to specifically guess on, on how 2022 is going to play out. Uh, we'll chat about that later in the, the episode, but um, historically anyways, you know, markets have gone down going into the election and then uh, started to climb their way out uh, afterwards. So um if things play out like they have historically, uh, things should be, um, you know, brighter, brighter roads ahead. And and again, this this does not matter whether it is uh, who wins, whether it's Republicans, Democrats uh, that take control of Congress, split if one takes control of the House and the other the Senate. These are just the results of literally what happens without looking at who is in control. So all all have been positive. Um, you know, with looking at least one year out. What What are the reasons why it causes so and so much uncertainty? Is it just a pure human um, standpoint that uncertainty, or or what are some of the reasons why the market fluctuates heading into um, midterm elections? Yeah, yeah, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. The first one is uncertainty. Um, you know, we don't know, we, we can guess there are people that are head in polls, but you know, those aren't always accurate. Some races are too close to call in different States. Um, you know, we, it is, it's just uncertainty. And as we've talked about on different episodes, uh, you know, the market does not like uncertainty and the market is a representation of how, you know, all of us as citizens and business feel. And so, um, leading up, we, you know, we just, we don't know who's going to win. And, and that adds an element of, of risk because, you know, currently, um, the Democrats control president and both, uh, 
Congress, the House and, and the Senate. Um, you know, is that going to stay the same? Is it going to change? Will the Republicans take over just the House? Will they take over the House and the Senate? Will, you know, neither of those things that we don't, we don't know. And based on how that result comes out, obviously different regulations, different rules, different laws that could or, or may not be passed. And so that, again, you know, adds that uncertainty factor, which tends to lead to um, down markets when, when the market is uncertain. Uh, some other things, um, but based on, but based on the data yeah. you just provided, why, I mean, pretty historical data that goes back quite a few decades. Oh yeah. Shouldn't we have learned by now that, or why hasn't the markets learned that it really doesn't matter, um, who takes over from a, a political party standpoint and why is there still uncertainty? Um, I think that that's a good question to ask, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I guess I don't think that we're, I don't want to say that society is, um, you know, dumb by any means. And, and that's, but we, we tend to make the same mistakes over and over again. Um, you know, we have fear of, of lots of things, even after we know that it's not going to harm us or, um, you know, we, we continue to keep doing similar things over and over, even when we know it's not good for us on an individual level and all the way through, through government. And so, um, I think that, I don't think you're ever going to get rid of that fear. Whoever, whatever party is not in control, uh, and, and particularly, you know, more recently, whatever party is not in control really ramps up the pressure on how terrible things are. Uh, and that, that creates fear. I mean, if, if all you see, if you're, if you're, um, you know, party is, is not in control, you're going to be watching that narrative and, and thinking about how terrible things are. And, and, you know, that just continues to build. So I, I think, I think you're right. And it'd be great in a, you know, kind of utopian world, um, that we wouldn't do this, but you know, we just, we don't live in that we, you know, it, it just, that uncertainty is always going to be there and it's going to happen. And then I think the other aspect, which leads into, you know, why, why do kind of the flip side, why is after the midterm so great, regardless of who wins? And I think mm. part of that is, you know, most of the time we're going down into the election, right? And then once we know who has won, we can digest that, whether it's, again, Democrats, Republicans, half half, depending upon you know who who controls what. Well, now now that that unknown is gone, that uncertainty is gone, but the markets have still gone down, so they're at a lower starting point, right? So if you're at a lower starting point, it's a lot easier to go up after that. So you know if we go down, typically leading into an election, you know the markets don't have to really be that great to still have positive returns, you know, to still have a uh, they just need to sometimes just get back to where they were and be like, okay, sky isn't falling. They just get back to where they were. But because we look at what happens after the midterm, that starting point is typically lower, that just getting back to where you are is a positive return one year later. So, um, you know, again, some of these statistics, and I, I admit this freely, the statistics can be modified to fit whatever narrative you're trying to relate to by picking any point and this just happens to be talking about the election so you know we're going to be starting at a lower point when the midterms show up and that helps you know year three um, of a presidential cycle 
be one of the better ones because that because of that low point. So I think that's something to keep in mind. And then I think the the last one too really is, um, you know, typically in a midterm, and, and again, this doesn't always happen, but historically, the party that has the president, so currently the Democrats, um, loses on average between the House of Representatives and the Senate, you know, approximately 26 seats combined. Um, and what that does is that tends to cause gridlock. So either, you know, you have a Democrat, current Democrat president, so that would tend to lead towards the Republicans taking over Congress. Again, I'm not speculating whether that will happen. That's just historically, if history holds true, that's what would happen. And then you have gridlock, and then that kind of pulls people back to the middle. Um, you know, we can look back at any of the previous presidents, and that tends to happen as well. They may have, you know, Republican president and Republican Congress. Then they go into the midterms, and Democrats win a bunch of seats, and now it's a Democrat Congress. And that tends to pull, you know, all the laws, all the regulation, a lot of that um, back to the middle. And rather than it being, you know, so left or so right with kind of the agenda, and it, it brings it back to the middle and markets like the middle, they don't like extremes, you know, one way or the other. So I think kind of all those things really um, lead into markets, you know, performing well after midterms. Let's break down uh, for, uh, from a market performance standpoint and historical performance, um, what that looks like under uh, different political party control. Yeah, yeah, this is this is really good. It was really interesting. Um, so again, all the stats, I just want to make sure um, we're being clear on this. All the stats I gave earlier uh, with year three being positive, that was uh, doesn't doesn't matter who um, who wins uh, the midterms, whether it's Republicans or Democrats. Now, if we look at just historically how the market returns on a yearly basis, whether we have you know there's four different options under the political parties, right? We can have Republicans control everything, Democrats control everything. A uh, Republican president and a Democratic Congress, and a Democratic president and a Republican Congress. And well, I'll just ask what what of those four? You know, just from your standpoint of who you would typically think is more pro market. What what of those four do you think would be the best on a a yearly basis? Again, this is looking back from. Uh, where did I get that? 1926. So we're almost a hundred years of data here. I have to pick one. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? What do you think would be the highest? I would pick the <clears throat> Republican president with a Democratic Congress, um, based on the fact that um, the GOP would is traditionally small government, which would, in my okay. idea or my opinion tend to be more free market money okay from that would be my guess all right no i i like that i was and then how about uh why the democratic congress checks and balances okay i like it i like it um well you are okay you said republican president and democratic congress 
Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, my friend. You picked the worst. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, it is. It's it's something that when I uh you know look these statistics. Can I try up, again? Yeah, well, no, no, no. Now you know you have the worst. So you my, your my second option would have been the the opposite. It would have been Democratic president, Republican con- Congress. Congress. Okay, yeah. Well, in that uh, that would have that would have been a better choice. Uh, but still, let's just, still not correct. No, no, that one is. But I don't want to get. Oh, okay. We'll we'll take them in order. Um, so yeah, when I was looking this up, when I first got in, you know, the industry, um, this one really shocked me too. And and to be honest, I thought it would be um, similar thought process to you of why, but I thought it would be Republican president and Republican Congress because then there isn't gridlock; they can push through whatever's on their mm-hmm. agenda. Again, the narrative typically is Republicans are more um, pro business, you know, anti regulation. Um, you know, free market, different things that the markets tend tend to like. Uh, but I would have been wrong as well. So starting with uh, the worst is a Republican president with a Democratic Congress. And that returns an average, again, of 6.99% per year. Um, then also equally as ironic, over the last almost 100 years... The third, second, and third place are, are really a tie for second. Um, it is a unified Republican, so that they control both, and a unified Democrat control both. Both have averaged fourteen point five two percent per year return of the market. Um, if, wow! Yeah, That's... if you extrapolate that out to one more decimal point, uh, the Democrats would win by 0.001, which is, is minute. But just so that um, it, it's, a, it's a tie. And, and that is, again, equally as ironic to me. But twice as, yeah. twice as high as... Yeah, wow. yep, twice as high. And then the, um, the best over the last 100 years is a Democratic president with a Republican Congress. Uh, and that's the highest at 15.94. So almost 16% is, you know, are the returns with Democratic president and um, a Republican Congress. So, you know, just interesting. And, and when you look at that, um, we're going to be... There's obviously some other context that goes in there, but... Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, of course. A- any- Time and how many... Uh, yes. Yep. Well, and it's it's pretty close. I mean, um, you know the, uh, and I don't need to get into all the the nitty gritty of it, but it's right. not like you know these these four scenarios over the last hundred years have played out numerous times. I mean, the lowest one was thirteen, you know, thirteen years, fourteen years, thirty three and thirty four. So, um, you know, there's there's plenty of of data. It's not like one of these was just a, a two year instance. Sure. Um. But it's, you know, kind of looking at, at this year, um, you know, obviously we're going to have a, a Democratic president. That's not changing. So we're either going to have a unified Democrat, um, which, again, has returned an average of 14.52, or a Democrat with um, Republican Congress, which is, you know, an average of 15.94. Yeah, which is, is the best. Um, now, that's history. Doesn't mean that it's, 
going to be what the future is. It doesn't mean it holds true for everything, but it, you know, we we just want to provide you know the data and hopefully give people a little bit of um, reassurance that you know really as much as the narrative and I you know I see it too because it's campaign and it has been campaign season. You know the the stock market does its own thing. The stock market is based off a of business. It's based off the economy. And while government has a role to play in that, clearly, you know, the statistics show that not as much as they want to make out, um, you know, or it's not make or break from a market standpoint of who wins the election. Um, for other things, of course, there's other political topics um, that very much matter depending upon what side of the aisle you're on. Um, but from a market standpoint, you know, we've had good returns from from everyone. I mean, everyone's got a positive return. It's just a matter of how positive it is. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it really was too. You know, like I said, it. Uh, I figured it'd be Republican control, everything. But um, you definitely got it right with the gridlock. Uh, you just had it flipped. That's That's the best. Thanks for making me feel better. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so why did I, we touched on a little bit, why do the markets tend to like the year after the midterms? Um, you mentioned the uncertainties kind yeah. of gone away and, and yep. we we're, we're set for two more years and we have kind of a landscape that we, we, we know that what it's going to look like a little bit. Absolutely. Yep. And then again, you know, typically, uh, or, or historically the party in control loses seats and, and so it tends to provide gridlock, which, as we can see, um, well, at least with a Democratic president, uh, is a positive. With a Republican president, isn't so much um, from the average returns. Uh, so I think that that helps as well. Do you think this will be the case this year? I mean, just the way you laid it out, I think that should be some reassurance to some folks. Um, the two scenarios would be 14.5% historically or 15.94% historically. So I think... Um, whatever happens or yeah. is that unfair uh i think that is yeah <laughs> um i think that, that negligent gross negligent blanket statement generalization whatever you want to use no 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 i think that it i think the that it's fine in me Optimist. i think it's fine yeah i think it's fine um you know i that's was the goal of this episode is provide you know some evidence of what's happened in the past and and you know let people know that it it's not Clearly, it's not all about who controls Congress and the president that dictates how the markets are going to go and that it's the economy. Um, you know, so I want people to have that reassurance, you know, regardless of what happens tomorrow, whether their party wins or loses, um, I guess, or, or ties because uh, they could split um, and can, each could control one, um, either the House or the Senate. Um you know, so, but regardless of that, you know, that in and of itself historically hasn't had a, a huge um, component to how the markets are going to perform. Now, do I think we're going to get these returns over the next year? That's a different question because, you know, as I just alluded to, the markets are more inclined and more. Um, about how the economy itself is doing and how everything's going there. And, you know, we've 
recently done episodes discussing this with inflation and a quarter, you know, Q3 market update and, and, and tons of things recently. So, um, you know, go back and listen to those if you want more detailed analysis. But, um, you know, I don't know. That, that definitely adds more of a wrinkle. This isn't just a ho-hum, you know, middle... Um, midterm election in terms of everything's just fine and and the economy's going okay um you know we we inflation is still very very high um you know they we're gonna have to keep raising interest rates uh you know we haven't 7.1 for mortgage rate i think yeah well right yeah and um so we're gonna have you know we're just gonna have to see. You know, the Fed just raised interest rates uh, again uh, last week, another 075 percent. Um, you know, and and is expected to, you know, maybe do it again in December. Um, there, there's just too many different things, you know, with with inflation and, and that we haven't dealt with since the 70s. So you know, any midterm between the 70s and now. Isn't hasn't dealt with this, so you know the the more recent data and different things like that. It, it it's hard to say we're going to hit these types of average returns over the next year when we have a lot of things we're dealing with with the economy itself, and and that's the main driver of of the market. So, do I think we can be positive from here um, a year from now? Uh maybe. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a, I know that's a big cop out, uh, and I get that and acknowledge it. It just, it, 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 you know, as we talked about in the inflation and episode and and the the quarter three review, like it just depends on what the Fed does, and no one knows that. Like we, we guess. And but could it get any worse? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I mean, it can always get worse. It can always get worse. Um, I mean, there, there are tons of things that could make it worse, but it doesn't mean that those have a high likelihood of happening. So, I mean, you know, yes, it can always get, it can always get worse. Um, do I think that those things are going to play out highly unlikely? Uh, it's just, you know, again, we don't know, we kind of, we don't know where that bottom is. Could we have hit our bottom? Maybe, maybe we hit it in September. Uh, but I, you know, we might hit, t- you know, test that again and, and have another low, um, you know, coming up. Just again, it just depends on the Fed and how they react to inflation and does inflation start coming down. I think that's going to be a significantly bigger driver and more important to how the markets do over the next year than whoever wins the election tomorrow. Um, you know, there'll, there'll obviously be some role to play. Um, if Democrats win, we're going to keep on, you know, kind of the agenda that's already been established. If Republicans uh, win, you know, obviously that agenda is going to change because they have a, a different agenda and it'll probably not a ton is going to get passed because there'll be gridlock. Who's to say what's right or wrong? Again, that's not for this episode. That's for you as a listener to decide and how you vote. But um, yeah, again, inflation's the key, not who wins tomorrow. So what does financial advisor Tanner do on election night? Not watch it. How close? <laughs> not watch it. You don't you don't monitor it or do you just take like no. 24 hours to compress and 
is there not much for a financial advisor to not nah, I, mean, I mean probably not a whole lot of real time well, stuff to no right right i mean again historically markets are up after a midterm so you wouldn't want to be doing anything i don't you know as we've talked about numerous times before i don't try to time the market that's a in my opinion a fool's errand and and people who try to do that typically lose they might win a couple of times but they tend to lose you know look at day traders we did an episode on that it's funny you know just kind of bringing that one back in it's funny you know there's people that wanted to say we you know oh you shouldn't you know don't listen to that you should be doing day trading blah 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 yeah that's when the markets were up and how many people are on robin hood you don't hear anything about robin hood you don't hear anything about people day trading anymore right so trying to continue to time that market is very very difficult and so i don't i don't do that like we have financial plans for all of our clients and it's built to weather a storm or you know, of, of market downturns, it's built to weather a storm of inflation being up, it's built to weather a storm of either political party being in charge, like those things are small impacts on it. So what am I going to be doing tomorrow night? Not watching because I have zero control over the results and the results will be what they're going to be and we're going to keep plugging away with our financial plans and it's not really going to change much. From a financial standpoint, I know that Obviously, I have clients on both sides of the aisle from other topics, non-financial topics. There's definitely things out there that are very important to people. Um, but from from a financial planning side of things, whatever happens tomorrow it's, is what it is. Not going to change much of what I do. Yeah, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> I don't even watch it. I mean, I just, it'll be, you know, we'll find out what would it be Wednesday or if there's a close one, maybe a couple days later, but like it just, it's going to be what it's going to be. And really actually, I guess once you find out, then the current Congress is in office for another, you know, roughly two months. So if it were to change hands, I think that would be more of a, something I would watch if the Republicans are to win tomorrow. Are there a bunch of bills that are tried to get slammed through, you know, currently before that, that uh, switch in in who's in control of Congress uh, takes over, um, but again, time time will tell. Anything else you want to add, sir? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, we wanted to keep this uh, relatively short uh, for our listeners, and you know, again, please go out and vote. As Adam said at the top, um, please go vote and you know let your voice be heard. Um, regardless of of who that is for uh, make sure that it's counted for you and um but when it comes to the markets and your financial plan don't worry about it uh good results have come out of either party being in control so one other thing you can also do if you haven't yet is like and subscribe leave us a review if you haven't uh, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. It helps our podcast, and we appreciate it very much. If you have any questions or suggestions, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That is podcast at financiallysharp.com. Thanks for listening, and you'll hear us in the next episode. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth. 
A registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. Yeah, go vote for us. Yeah, vote for us. Vote for us on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs>